welcome once again to the Ebone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 211th time on this Friday, December 18th, 2020. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, part three of a novel review series on C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters. And there's the fade. In the last episode, we covered chapters 6 through 10, and this week we keep motivating towards the finish line in this ongoing saga of a C.S. Lewis classic. And considering it is a book review series, you might have seen this coming, but there's one thing you might need to know before we start. This episode contains spoilers. Now that we've addressed the elephant in the room, where were we? Screwtape is thrilled starting off this next chapter, chapter 11, because remember the friends we discussed in the last episode? Well, they've introduced Wormwood's charge to their friends, and Screwtape sees it as an opportunity to drive him deeper into sin and temptation. He says laughter should be discouraged at all costs, because it doesn't help their efforts to nudge the patient into hell, because he's experiencing joy, and that is not, in his thought process, a good thing. He says humor is a prime way to destroy shame in the patient's mind because sometimes laughter excuses things by masking the fact that what you think is funny is actually horrible. Like, for instance, if someone punches you in the face and then says, Come on, don't get your panties in a bunch, dude. It's just a prank. And chances are, if they start laughing, you might laugh too because laughter is contagious. I doubt it, but the point is, if what you do is shameful but someone else thinks it's funny, you feel less shame because you get a reaction that isn't negative. Surprisingly, this book is diving a lot into psychology. Flippancy is a huge thing too. He talks a little bit about that and then signs the letter, Your Affectionate Uncle, Screwtape. In the next letter, starting off chapter 12, Screwtape says that Wormwood is doing great in terms of guiding his patient away from God because he's been giving into urges for reasons that he doesn't understand. But Screwtape says that if Wormwood's charge gets a little curious, he must be kept in the dark at all costs and be made to think that the reasons he's discovered are nothing to worry about. Just water under the bridge, you might say. He's glad as well that the guy is going to church because he says it's an opening now for Wormwood to repress his religious urges and make his charge become apathetic altogether to faith. He says it's easier now for Wormwood to distract him from thoughts of God because it will seem tedious. Sinning will become easier and easier while going to church and growing in his faith will seem harder and more laborious to his everyday life. So in terms of tempting, Wormwood will have a little bit of an easier road because he will beg Wormwood to keep him away from prayer and church and things concerning God because that's where conviction happens. Screwtape then goes on to say the size of the temptation doesn't matter, but the distance in separation from God must be the most important issue. As long as there are battle lines being drawn, the war's still happening. As long as Wormwood can keep his man away from God, as long as he can keep that disconnect happening in his mind, everything will go according to plan. He signs the letter, Your Affectionate Uncle, Screwtape. We start off chapter 13 with Screwtape talking about consequences and how Wormwood can avoid them because he's royally messed up by letting his charge out of his grip. He says that Wormwood's first mistake was letting his charge read something he enjoyed because he liked it instead of purely for the sake of joking about it with his new friends. 
Second, he says Wormwood shouldn't have let the patient walk alone through a part of town he really likes to walk through because it makes him happy. And as we discussed earlier in this episode, joy in Screwtape's mind is bad. Positivity is a tool of their enemy, so at all costs, they view it as something to be prevented. He lets Wormwood know that God makes a person's identity whole by connecting with them, and separating a person from that connection is crucial. If they separate someone from that connection, they can consider it a win. Screwtape also says Wormwood should stop his charge from enjoying anything but sin and his own desires. Once again, they're directing him towards conceit and worldliness. He knows that no part of this guy's newfound faith can harm their efforts to keep him in sin unless they make the huge mistake of letting it become part of his own will. Because the less he's able to act on something naturally, the less he's able to feel anything at all. He signs the letter, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. Screwtape says in his next letter to Wormwood that it's a bit concerning that Wormwood's charge isn't affirming his faith as much as he once was. Usually that would be a positive thing in Screwtape's mind, but this time it's got him scratching his head just a bit. He says the man is becoming humble, and in Screwtape's head that is disastrous. He says becoming poor in spirit is a bad thing because not only is it a good trait, which in this book we know is considered a bad trait because, as I said at the beginning of this series, this book is written in reverse so that everything that has a positive connotation to us has a negative connotation in the eyes of Screwtape and Wormwood. Also, not only that, but the concept of being poor in spirit is detrimental to the cause of temptation. Because when you have a servant's heart, the explanation is there in the word itself. You're more likely to serve others than to seek to be served. Wormwood is then made aware that if his charge is starting to be really humble, if there's a sign that there's no coming back from it, then that's a cue to make him puff up his chest and think he's better than everyone else. Yep. That's pride at work, friends. Screwtape says humility should be just looked at as a bad opinion of himself and the talents that God gave him, because virtue can be cast out more easily that way. Virtue can be ignored if you have a bad opinion of the virtue itself. He also remarks that they've got to anticipate strategy by considering the aims of God with their main man. He says that the patient should be kept from being unboastful and indifferent to his own triumph. And that's pride once again being highlighted here. Charity should also be prevented because it's the worst quality in the human race in the mind of Screwtape. And it should be replaced with an overblown obsession about how good he is to people and how talented he is at everything he does. He goes on to sign the letter, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. To kick off the 15th letter, Screwtape has noticed that everything is quiet. Too quiet. And by that I mean the war in Europe has come to a stop, leading to anxiety levels being lowered in his nephew's patient, which is uh, worrying to say the least. He says that there are two ways to go about it, though. They can still salvage this. Either A, use the lull and mental activity to their advantage, or spring another trap and get him worrying again. Screwtape adds that their task now is to get Wormwood's man away from thoughts of eternity and keep his mind fixed on the present so that he'll be too distracted by earthly things to care about where his actions will lead him 
after death. Remember that thing I told you about contented worldliness? Yeah, that's one of their main objectives, and they're planning to use it to their advantage here. Wormwood goes on to read that keeping his mind in the future is their best bet. Why? Well, because fear of the unknown is powerful enough to keep him away from thoughts of eternity. In Screwtape's words, nearly all vices are rooted in the future, and one of those main vices is... Lust. Because by the time the pleasure comes, the sin has already been committed, so it's an easy trap to be caught into. If something feels good, you don't realize how potentially harmful it is until it's too late. Something for Wormwood to keep track of as well is how filled with either extreme anxiety or extreme hope his patient is about the war that's going on. Screwtape reminds him that as long as he thinks there's something that he can get behind happening in the near future, then his mind is malleable enough to keep him disappointed when those things don't end up happening exactly the way he thought they would. Complacency can be weaponized as well, if and only if his thoughts turn against Screwtape and the rest of his tormentors. He ends the letter by asking, why should the creature be happy? And signs on the dotted line, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. A thorn in Screwtape's side that's been ignored for far too long and is finally picked back up in chapter 16 is Church. More specifically, the fact that Wormwood's man has only attended one since his walk with God began a few months ago. Also, since he's decided he's dissatisfied with it, that could be a bad thing as well. Screwtape says that unless Wormwood's charge has become numb to worship altogether, the prospect of him leaving church and swearing off religion forever won't help their case much either. To prevent that, he says Wormwood's next task is to send his patient to as many churches as possible so he won't stick around anywhere for long. And as a byproduct of that, church will become just something to do instead of a place to learn about God and strengthen his faith. In a lot of ways, he'll be assuming the character of the aimless drifter in every spaghetti western movie. Only instead of a six-gun, it'll be a Bible in his hand. Screwtape says he's found two new churches that he thinks would be a good fit for Wormwood's patient. And by good fit, I mean more likely to lead him astray from the true Jesus, which, in the point of view of demons, is a good thing. The first church has a preacher that waters down his sermons to cater to an already jaded and apathetic congregation who couldn't care less, so much so that he believes what he's talking about less than the people he teaches, and a choir director who's more or less going through the motions than putting anything fresh into the musical diet of the people that attend. The second church has a pastor who's sort of a flip-flopper. Nobody knows where he's going or what he's saying simply because he has an intense distaste for his parents and the people that they hang out with. So, what does he do? He tries to confuse them from the pulpit. And also, he's a compulsive liar. But the problem is, he really believes what he's talking about, and that kind of passion could blow right up in Wormwood's face if he's not careful. He tells him of some ways to prevent it and some worst-case scenarios to avoid before signing the letter, Your Affectionate Uncle, Screwtape. I appreciate you hanging out with me and taking time out of your week to hear what I've had to say. But that looks like all the time we've got for this episode. You can stay connected easily on Facebook and Twitter by searching Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. That's capital O in official, capital E-B-Z. 
If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and drop a review. Tell me how I'm doing and subscribe if you can. Until next time, God bless you. Stay humble and keep an ear out. <laughs>